0: Good morning, church. Got some uh, business to take care of before we get started this morning, so uh, patience. We appreciate your patience. Carly. (coughs) Hi, Carly. And friend. Sorry. (laughs) Whoever you are, good to meet you from afar. Jay, Heather, happy birthday. Just going to do the whole row. McKenna, good to see you. Glad you're here. Dude, yep, Jana. There, there, did a bunch of people at once. Uh, business Family business uh, First up We are going to pray Go ahead Dave Whatever you look like a sniper coming in there uh, We are going to pray over Christopher, Ryland, Rucker and Preston Because they are making a big move and transition down to the city this week At, Now that doesn't mean we are losing you we, you know, Once you get into your routine Grandma expects for you to be up here as many weekends as you can spare But um, Chris is going to be doing some training for career transition. Ryland's going to be doing some work while he's doing that. and um, It's just easier for the family, for them to be down in the city. Pray them back. Pray they prosper while they're there, uh, that things go according to plan. And if they don't, that God's will would be found out and they get back on track. Uh, we are blessed to have you here. So come forward. We want to pray with you. <clears throat> Let me invite our uh, officers and elders to come forward and lay hands on them. Come on, men. We're going to pray over them. There we go. There we go. And now everybody else who wants to lay hands on them and pray for them. Are you going to close your eyes while I pray over you, or are you just going to pinch your dad? He's going to pinch me. He's smiling. Oh, I'm going pinch dad. Probably. Anybody else want to pray over them? Come on. Well, gather around. Gather around. Come on. Clog the front. Knock stuff over. Good reflexes, John. I'm glad you're here. You're a stud. Nothing we can't replace. Yeah, come to the front. Come to the front. There you go. That's, that's appropriate. We love it. Ah. Yes, yes. we got the prayer chain going on here. Let me, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for gracing us with this couple. Thank you for the ways you have brought them together, blessed them, and taken care of them. Thank you for the expansion of their family, these healthy babies. God, we ask for mercy and grace as they step out into a wild adventure. Help Chris do well in all of his training. Help Rylan do well in all of her work. Give them strong hearts and minds through this season of life as they work hard to prepare an amazing future for their family. We admire them for the sacrifice that they are making. But God, we also ask that you make it about more than their career. Unite them in heart and spirit. Make them one flesh that in this endeavor they would learn to overcome every obstacle that will ever be in front of them make them an unbreakable team that can do anything that you set before them through the tears through the hardship through the sickness make them better whatever you bring into their lives god Help them to trust you, to place their faith in you, and to just keep doing what you've told them already to do. Please watch over Rucker and Preston as they (laughs) unwillingly, unwittingly go on this adventure with their parents. Raise them up, Lord, in a godly house. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you come back soon It's never a goodbye it's always a see you later Like literally they're leaving now. Okay. See ya like, we're <laughs> I, think I, I didn't check the parking lot is it like a moving van out there? <laughs> we're gone. We got that prayer. We're headed out. Um What else? Um we have a lot of younger elementary kids right now and we are running some experiments not on them but on the taking care of them uh <laughs> i haven't gotten to that point yet i'm thinking about it i might get there don't don't put it past me uh but parents if you have any questions please see me or see marty we're trying some new things uh, sitting down crunching numbers looking at teachers looking at volunteers we can always use more volunteers to help with King's Kids, to help with Sunday School. If you're ever interested, if you have kids that are involved and you're not participating yet, we need some help. We really use it. Grandmas, if you've got some kids in there and you're not helping yet, we could use your help as well. Whether or not, whether you feel like you can lead a class or whether you want to step in as an assistant, we can, we can find a place for you. Uh, thank you. To the people who are already serving, I'm proud of you for still having hair on your head. And getting up at 9.30, getting here on time, we appreciate you very much. Um, But we're trying to find, we're trying some new things out. Thank you for your patience as we grow. That is a good thing. Okay, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Where's my reader? Anthony, here he comes, trotting up here. Uh, we're going to read verses 57 through 80 this morning. We've got a couple baby showers to read about in the Bible. Yeah, I know. Babies. We're reading about babies in the Bible this morning. Should I dismiss you first? Do you want to hear about that, Jeremiah? All right, King's kids, if you're in second grade on down, you are dismissed. Just a heads up, if I don't get any volunteers, second graders are going to have to stay in church very soon. You second graders are about to get stuck with us. There they go. Yes. Okay. Okay. That was interesting. All right, come on up here, Anthony. We're in Luke chapter 1, verse 57, verses 57 through 80. 80 or 800? If you want to finish the New Testament,
1: go ahead. <laughs> right ahead. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a tablet, and he wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak in praise of God. Fear came on all those living around them, and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. All who heard them kept in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our fathers and remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to Abraham our father to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sun rises from on high, will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel.
0: Amen. John is born. this first section that we're covering this morning, John the Baptist. He's not been called John the Baptist yet. That's not his official name. He is John, son of Zechariah, uh, which is an interesting name. John is born in verses 57 through 66. They have to, Luke gives us a little explanation there. A lot of Jewish tradition going on. Usually, you name the son after the father. Uh, usually, you circumcise the child on the eighth day, and that's when the name becomes official. His mouth is loosed, his tongue is open, uh, because the when nine months earlier, when mom became pregnant supernaturally, the angel shut the dad's mouth. Can you can you just imagine having a pregnancy where your husband doesn't say squat for nine months? <laughs> of all the people to say amen, Julie, you've got one of the most stoic, quiet dudes. Like, I don't know what you did, Richard. Deserved that, but community service. Community service. Thanks for taking one for the team, brother. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 very. There's some fascinating information tucked into this passage. Uh, What about this name? Well, it's more than just the name John. If you write it down, it's actually Yohanan, Y-O-H-A-N-A-N, which which means, and that's the Greek form of a Hebrew name, which is actually abbreviated, the shortened form of his Hebrew name is Yohanan, which means the Lord has given grace. It's a sweet name. Still a popular name. Uh, In many, many different cultures around the world, the Lord has given grace. Becomes Johan. That was my dad's middle name. That was an interesting one. Uh, Becomes John. Can be called Jonathan. It's a very common name. But it's not a family name in that family. That's what makes it unusual it was very common to pass on the family name. And for the mother to speak up first and say, no, his name will be John, everyone's like, let's ask dad. Every dad wants their kid to be junior, right? Not. Uh, praise the Lord, I am not Donald Johann Bruin III. I could, it, was, it, it was a tight race there. I am not the third. My dad was a junior. And he broke the curse. John sticks. His dad signals for a riding pad. John. Confirmation. Nice. And that would be the first thing that would really stand out to everybody at this baby shower. Like, whoa, that's that's remarkable. Here we are gathering to celebrate his <laughs> circumcision, his entering into being part of the people of Israel. It's a religious thing. It's a family thing. It's a big, big deal. And they dropped the name bomb. Nobody saw that coming. That's unusual. Well, Why would they name him that? The Lord has given grace. It's fulfilling some of the, the prophecy that's going on about this baby not a family name, and also signals that the things this kid is going to do are going to go way beyond tradition, way beyond what is expected of his family. He's different. He's special from birth. His mission and his power will go outside of the natural order. And then the dad cuts loose. He hasn't been able to speak for approximately nine Months And in verse 67, his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the angel said, this child is going to be full of the Spirit. Mary came to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the mother, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now the father is being filled filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are supernatural actions indicating God is at work doing something way more than just a baby shower. Way more. And he launches, filled with the Holy Spirit, the dad launches into this long prophecy in verses 68 through 79, where God is blessed. What's most notable to me and the first thing I thought of as reading through that, like his own child is barely mentioned. (laughs) Who goes to a baby shower and doesn't celebrate the baby? This guy. But that's your own son. Yeah, but he's more than my son. There's more going on here than just a family tight-knit celebration of new life. That's there. Don't get me wrong. But there's more going on. There's more going on. His son is mentioned in verses 76 and 77 when he says, And you, child, baby, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. So, yeah, there's a lot prepared for this kid, but it's really not even about this kid It's about this kid is going to prepare the way for somebody greater. This kid is doing something for God Almighty. What makes this kid special is his his connection and his preparation for something even more anticipated. It's going to a concert. You know, you hear those bands at the front, those opening bands. What do we call them? Just opening act? Warm-up band. The warm-up bands. I like that even better. From an artist. yeah, We're the warm-up band. <laughs> Warming up the crowd. Every, you know everybody's there for the headliner, right? And the only people in the front row is like their mom for the warm-up band. You know, their mom, their wife is there. They're now introducing the warm-up band. And like three people go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a big deal. If you're a warm up band, you've never, you've never been the front runner. This is your first gig. You're up and coming. You just did your first album. Like, that's a big deal to them, right? That is, that is, they're making a name for themselves. They're on their first poster, maybe their first t shirt. Like, for them, that's everything. Like, for this family, they're pumped. Bigger picture, John is the warm up. It's exciting. It's supernatural, but he's still preparing the way for something greater. So when his dad is filled with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't make much of his own kid. He makes much that his kid is about to make much of the Lord. And to be honest, what parent wouldn't want that? For your kid to make much of the Lord. These are older parents. These are mature parents. They've not been able to have a child their entire lives. They, they, they called themselves beyond the point of being able to have kids, and God supernaturally allowed them to have this kid in their old age. So just think of them as grandparents. They're of the age where they're ready to grandparent. That kid's going to be spoiled. He's going to be loved. He's going to be special. Nevertheless, listen to some of the things the dad says in this prophecy. He's filled with the Spirit. He says, verse 68 Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. God is about to send a redeemer and raise up a horn of salvation for us from the house of his servant David horn of salvation from the house of David that's Messiah speak he has spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old verse 71 that we should be saved from our enemies the person coming is going to save us verse 72 show mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant somebody is coming who's going to show us the mercy we need to keep the covenant that we've been unable to keep and the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us, verse 74, that we being delivered from the hands of our enemies. God is about to send us a deliverer. It's not my kid, but this one that's coming in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So, so far we've got Somebody's coming who's going to be our redeemer, who will save us, who will show us the mercy of God, who will fulfill our side of the covenant that we've been unable to keep. In verse 74, he will deliver us. Verse 76, he's called Lord. Lord. Verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and sit in the shadow of death. One is coming who represents all of God's mercy and light to us. This is praise for the other baby. The firstborn baby is John and the dad makes much of the secondborn baby, Jesus. But he knows his son gets the immeasurable privilege and pleasure of announcing, of preparing the way for the greater baby to come. He, he knows his place. He knows what's coming. So this is the first section, John is born. Now I'm going to read in chapter 2. So grab your Bible, Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 20. This is the birth of Jesus, the shepherds, the angels. You might call this the Christmas story. We wrap this around Christmas. Chapter 2, verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, "...that all the world should be registered and taxed. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all people went to be registered, each to his own hometown. And Joseph, Mary's husband, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David." To be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them at the inn. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Angels all praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, that was nice. No. No. They said, we've got to check this out. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it all, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all the people who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So verses 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, Jesus is born. Jesus is born. 1 through 7, 1 through 7, God Owns the details of life. Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, Syria, Joseph, Galilee, Nazareth, Judea, Bethlehem. Luke has done his research. The writer of this gospel has taken the time to give us many, many. Particular facts. I read somebody this week who called this scandalous particularity in the gospel of Jesus. No other world religion has this accuracy of dates, times, rulers, and locations. The birth of Jesus is real. It did not happen on some mythical mountain in the clouds in an unknown place in an unknown time. Nor did it happen with just one person in a cave speaking to one angel. A lot of world religions, a lot of cults, a lot of false teaching goes through one individual. Not so with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has made it come through the apostles, a plurality of witnesses... Through actual times and events. And if you lived in first century Christianity, like Luke, you could go to Jesus' hometown and interview people and talk to people. Where do you think he got this information? Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary. You think he tracked down? How did he know what God had said to the angels? What, had, what the angels had said to the shepherds? He found the shepherds. It's not that hard to go track these people down. He's doing it. He's taking his time. He's, he's a journalist of the highest degree for the first century. And he's getting first-hand witnesses to tell him what is going on. God is using that to show us the grassroots, the bare bones of Christianity. And that's not normal. religions. That's not normal for world faiths. The gospel particularities are shocking and bold compared to all the other world religions and faiths. Because you could fact check it. We, our faith, is based upon eyewitness accounts as recorded in the New Testament. There's no other document on planet Earth. as criticized as examined as supported as your new testament it's phenomenal we we miss that when it's a book that we have around we miss that when it's a book that's about religious things it is full of supernatural none of the facts of the gospel will change your heart there's no amount of proof that i can give you that god exists to make you believe There is an element of faith that you just have to swallow, that you just have to accept. Even though Luke pours all this detail in here, the the details don't change your life. But the baby does. Believing he is who God says he is, that's what changes us. Verses 8 through 20. Glory to God through a baby. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong, all babies bring glory to God. They're amazing, beautiful, precious, valuable, worth spoiling, worth loving, worth taking care of. All babies bring glory to God, but this one is special. This one is special. Verse 14, he's so special that angels can't help but sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. This baby is bringing blessings to the universe that impact earth everywhere. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. That's the angels just flying with a set of wings worshiping with the set of wings gesturing with the set of wings glory to god in the highest and oh, how blessed you people are you get jesus you're getting the son of god and what's that going to do glory back to god this, this is going to be the cycle of this baby's entire life he lives to give glory to god in the highest and to offer peace to humanity He lives to talk about how good God is and invite all humanity into God's presence. He lives to proclaim the goodness and the the boldness and the perfections of God. And then he carefully carefully handles broken people so he can bring them to his heavenly Father. This this is the cycle that this whole child's life is going to follow. It's not a one time thing. The angels just get the chance to say it first. They get to say it first. It's amazing through a baby. Um, Look at verse 20. The shepherds, they do their thing, they glorify God, they go back home glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Got me thinking about these shepherds, like everyday dudes, right? Did they have deep theology? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think they had a lot of deep theology. But they did have a belief in the Messiah. They did believe someday God would send someone in the line of David to answer all the prayers of the nation, to do all the things that were in Zechariah's prophecy, to deliver them, to save them, to help them. Jesus is going to do those things, but not exactly the way they expect. Most of the Jewish people of that time are expecting deliverance from Rome. Jesus is delivering them from Satan. They're expecting Jesus to break their physical bonds and and obligations that are on top of them as an oppressed people. And Jesus is out to break the power of death. The, The common mentality is the Messiah is going to make life better and Jesus is coming to offer eternal life. Not just in the now. Not fixing the now. But when you think about it, when you believe this side of what Jesus is saying, it does fix the now. When you really believe he's broken the power of sin in your life, you can be set free from the habits and addictions that plague you now. When you believe you have one Lord and Savior and Master, it sets you free from the comparisons and the culture that expects so much from you. Many masters Or one master simplifies things so when we actually understand what Jesus is offering it does help doesn't do it the way we would want it but nevertheless he's doing it on a cosmic level look at verse 11 verse 11 is the key verse for this passage the declaration of the angels and a very accurate, I'm going to call it loaded, jam packed description of Jesus. This baby, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Three enormous titles. For a tiny human being. This baby you are looking at. Is our savior. That doesn't make sense. This baby you are looking at. Is the Messiah. He's not in the palace. That doesn't make sense. This baby you are looking at. Is Lord of all. And he needs to be changed. Um. It doesn't make sense. From the outside, from the human perspective, it's a little confusing, we talked about in Sunday school. It's a little confusing. That's because we're not seeing it from God's side. God sees the end and the beginning at the same time. He sees the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the victory, the eternal reign of Jesus When he looks at the baby, God knows what's going to happen. God is sovereign. He will make it happen. What he said is going to be accomplished. And when Jesus is there, if we don't see him with the right perspective, then we get bogged down with the details of life. Faith sees the bigger picture. Tiniest shoulders bearing the greatest burden. What does it mean to be called Savior? Quite simply, it means we need saving. He is the Savior for those who need saving. Not everybody thinks they need to be saved. Therefore, Jesus is not their Savior. God has offered him as the Savior, but if you reject that, I'm okay, I'm good. I'll make it my own way. Or you you take this false humility and say, Well, I'm not good enough. That's pride. That's not humility. I, I could never earn or deserve that. Because in your pride, you do want to earn that or deserve Or you want to earn it. You want to deserve it. You want to work for it. That's false humility. Oh, I'm not good enough. You think you're too good. It's ridiculous the way people think. That's how I think. I'm ridiculous. I'm the broken one. I need a savior. That's what it means. He's the savior because we are lost and we need saving. He is Lord. What is it? Christ. He is Christ. What does it mean? That is a very technical term that encompasses all the promises of God in the Old Testament for the Jewish people. So Christ, that title, means all the promises of God are in him. Christ, all the promises of God are in him. God is going to keep his covenant, keep his word. God is going to fulfill all things. We don't know how yet. It's just a baby. In him, through him, with him. Not sure yet? We have to accept that by faith. This is why Mary's like, I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to ponder that in my heart. It, this is deep, deep theology that we don't think fits into a baby. But this is why in I, Isaiah 9-6, Isaiah 9-6, this is Old Testament, people. A child is going to be born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. A child is going to be born. The child's name is going to be Almighty God. How can a baby be called God? More people should have been asking that when Isaiah wrote that down. How can a baby who is born from a son of King David, who is 100% human, how can a baby born to David be called Almighty God? That's crazy talk, right? It doesn't make sense. That's the prophecy, and that's what's happening the angels are announcing it because they know what is happening. It's us who are a little slow to catch on. Savior, Christ, but then the third title, Lord. Ooh, that's a good one. What does it mean to be Lord? It means you get some guidance. It means he will be in control. Not you. You might even pencil in there, master or king. He, as Lord, gives meaning to your life. Lord is above all, giving you purpose, giving you aim and direction. For Jesus to be Lord means you can't be Lord, it means you can't be in charge, it means you should be asking permission every area of your life and we should that's what prayer is for dear god what do you have for me today and we pray the lord's prayer hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us as we forgive one another thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever that's the model prayer. We should be praying that when we go to Walmart, folks. When we're when we're at Old Navy, God, do I need this? When we're at Bass Pro, I know it's going to put a damper on a lot of you. God, do I need this? Is there anything else in my life I need to buy before I buy this? Have I met the obligations for my family? Have I met the obligations? For my own house do i have enough do i have this already do I, where did i put that Who I, wait where did that go god talking to god every day is a spiritual discipline and it's a sign of your spiritual maturity if you can run everything by god ahead of time while you are doing it as you're in the middle of it carrying on a conversation with god um, as if he's there do you live as if god is even present in your life God, should I be watching this? Should I be listening to this? Should I be clicking on this? Should I be downloading this? And the second we find we are not, we step back and we say, I'm sorry. God, please forgive me for that. Forgive me for what just came out of my mouth at that meeting. I I shouldn't have said that. Um, Lord, is there anybody else I need to go apologize to? Daily practicing the presence of this baby in your life because he is Lord will change you. If you run every decision you make through Jesus, then he's Lord. Otherwise, lip service. Is he your Savior? So many people would say, yes, I've committed my eternal salvation to him. Is he Messiah? Yes, all the promises of God in him. Is he your Lord? Do you run everything by him every day? Well, and we wonder why we don't know what God's will is. This is is not just a baby. This is the king of the universe. And it is a privilege, an honor, and a good thing that we can come to him. That we can bring our life to Jesus. Savior, Christ, and Lord. I don't have it in the notes, but write this down to the left of each of those words. Savior, Christ, and Lord. I want you to write to the left of Savior. I want you to write down the word tell. T-E-L-L. To the left of the word Christ, I want you to write teach. And to the left of the word Lord, I want you to write treasure. If he is your Savior, tell people about it. If he is your Christ, teach people how the promises of God are found in the New Testament and you can live them out and change your life. Teach and then treasure. Treasure him as the Lord of your life. Spend more time talking to him. Spend more time reading about him spend more time serving other people in jesus name that's how we live it out and most of you know the new testament it's going to be a few chapters like luke 9 until peter some 30 years later is going to make his declaration that you are the christ the son of the living god it's going to take it's going to take 30 years before anybody says this stuff again that the angels have said Christ, Savior, Lord. It's gonna be, there's going to be a long, quiet gap there. But that doesn't change who Jesus is. Doesn't change it. The God of the broken is becoming our healer. Write that down. The God of the broken is becoming our healer. The sovereignty of God is using the brokenness of the world... To break his son, to break the power of sin, to break the power of death, and to break open a pathway to heaven. Here's some grace. And here's me. Oh. Somebody posted uh, somewhere this week. Oh, it was Anne. Anne. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. Ugly, dry, that's definitely me, branch. But not quite me. Um, I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen. I've lusted, I've murdered in my heart. I've dishonored my parents. In every way, shape, or form, I've broken all the commandments, which means I am broken. And that's never going to be put back exactly right ever again. Again. Never. I can glue it. I come to Jesus and I ask for some grace. We have this view of Christianity that if we just come to God, He'll fix us. He'll put us back together, and He does. He'll give us the grace that we need, and He does. He'll heal us, and He begins to. And it takes a while. It's tricky. It's not quite a perfect match. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh man. God, I need to try that again. And he keeps working at it. We have our part. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to read. We're supposed to listen. We're supposed to be in fellowship. We're supposed to love one another. We've got a part to play in all this. We're supposed to to give and to serve. And we have this idea that God, like Jesus is this heavenly tape dispenser, you know. And Jesus is like there to make us good. Oh, thank you. Jesus is my savior. And life just rattles you again, right? You, know, you got that feeling? Like, I thought if I came to you, Lord, I need to repent. I need more grace. I need more grace. And we have this idea that God just needs to give us more, give us more to get us straight again. Now, What's going to happen if I shake this again? Yeah. This is not the message of the New Testament. Come to Jesus to be right. That's not it. Because life... Life just keeps beating you up. It's not not what it's meant to do. So what is Jesus offering us as Savior, as Christ, as Lord? This. Jesus is not inviting us to get fixed. He's inviting us into union with him. Now how strong is that? How different is that from the everyday christian life where we just keep applying some grace and we just pray for more grace and it comes apart and it comes apart savior christ lord this goes where this goes this is now backed by this this is now strong as this that's the role of the holy spirit not just to fill you but to unite you to jesus This is why we read and we study and we pray and we serve and we try to live out all that God has for us to be in union with Jesus. Not just so he fixes everything. He makes us one with him. That's why this baby is being given. And from the very, very beginning, last line in your notes, This baby is sacrificed to make us whole. God has a plan to crush his only son so that he can adopt many, many more sons and daughters. Salvation is only available in the blood of Jesus And he is going to have to shed his blood in order to make a way for anyone to have access to the Holy Spirit, which unites us to Jesus Christ. They go hand in hand. He's not out here floating around looking for ways to make your life better. The Holy Spirit is looking for ways to unite you to Jesus. Because this baby matters. He is already Savior. He's already Christ. He's already Lord. Or is he? Let me ask you that. Personally, this morning, is Jesus your Savior, your Christ, and your Lord? That's a heavy question for a lot of people. (laughs) We can go Monday through Saturday and do a lot of crazy things and think a lot of selfish thoughts. But is Jesus, is this baby, is he your Lord now? Because he's not a baby forever. He is Lord forever. Stand with me. We're going to bow our head and close our eyes for just a moment and evaluate whether or not Jesus is your Lord. You ready to do some business with God? We need to. We need to do this regularly. Is Jesus your Lord? Close your eyes. Bow your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got somebody who's excited about that. She had to tell me right now he is. So close your eyes. Reconnect with Jesus right now. Where in your life have you strayed away from the cross? Where in your life have you strayed away from Jesus being the king of you? Where in your life are you compromising? Where in your life are you broken? And you need fixing. Jesus was broken so that... He could make you whole. Where are you with Jesus today? Is he your Lord? Not just giving him lip service. We can do that. But what about your life? Have you run your career by Jesus lately? Have you run all the relationships you bring into your life by Jesus lately? Have you run your budget by Jesus lately? Have you brought your free time, your me time to Jesus lately? For every person in this room There are going to be details of your life that are different from everybody else. But the one thing that should make us all the same is that we ask Jesus to be Lord over all. We come to you this morning, God, and we recommit our hearts to you and to your Son. May He be high. And lift it up in our lives. May he be our savior. May he be all the promises of God that we look forward to. May he be the Lord of our tongues. And our eyes. And our hands. And our feet. And our hearts. And our stomachs. And everything that is within us. Help us to love you God. With all of our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If at any point in your time here at Graceway, you need to talk to us about spiritual things, decisions for baptism, decisions for church membership, uh, decisions for uh, volunteering, please let us know. If you have never encountered Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we would love to take the time to talk to you about that. So as we sing, prepare your heart for this week.
2: what a friend for sin Jesus verses for today are from Ephesians 6:23 and 24. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Amen. You are dismissed.